What's up, you guys? You're listening to Keeping It 1000, hosted by Chant Moore. Be sure to like and subscribe, share to spread the value, and enjoy the episode. Keeping it 1000, your host Champ Moore, I'm about it. Let's turn up the podcast, just max out on that volume. Go ahead and tune it in. Tell your mom, tell her friends, tell your brothers, your cousins, and tell your moms again. We have on special guests a motivating show. We making better bets, shooting astronomic goals. So it's time to do this, just like we done produced it. Taking no excuses, going ahead and cue this Champ Moore exclusive. Howdy, 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 my champions. It's your boy, the host, the captain, Champ Moore, back again, keeping it 1000, the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in so much and just everything that you're doing, the feedback I'm getting, it's just been remarkable and I'm just very blessed that this podcast has kind of taken off and, and, and done some things now and I do. I appreciate when you guys reach out and people are like, you know, I really thought that that podcast was dope with who and and, and you got the inspiration, encouraging topics going in there now. It's just basically everything you want in, you know, short span of time. Right. Talk about everything. And and that that's the whole point of the the name. Keeping it 1000 It's the double entendre. Right. It's keeping it more than a hundred, keeping it a thousand, keeping it super real, but keeping it within a thousand seconds, keeping it 1000. But today I won't lie to y'all. It's going to be a little bit of a heavier topic. So we're going to focus more on that real aspect than the timing, just because it's stuff that I, I, I just have to say it has to be talked about. And it's something that's just been going on for the last few months in our world that has really been brought to light, but it hasn't been just going on. Like it's been around very long time. So we're going to get into something really deep. I got a super special champion guest coming on. It's like, man, it's like my twin sister name is Bree Williams. Bree is a creative writer and um, a black activist. And Literally, when I tell y'all, she is probably one. I know, not probably. She is one of the strongest people I know, and just somebody that if I ever need guidance on something, once she has my back and I have hers, like legit. I mean, this is like my twin that isn't my twin, and I got so much love for her. And she's just gonna. She she is one of those people that has had my back. She talks to you about whatever, just is so intelligent and just has thought processes out with so much, way too mature for her age. She's way too wise, but she's going to come onto the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about, like I said, a deep topic, racism. I hope y'all don't turn it off because I'm tired of that term cancel culture or cancel this, cancel that, because we cannot learn from things or we can't get better from something if you cancel it. You can't get rid of it. Think about that. If say if if Denzel Washington stopped acting, he's not going to be a good actor no more. If LeBron doesn't pick up a basketball, 
He's still going to be 6'9 or whatever, but he ain't going to be good at basketball anymore. You have to talk about things to bring them to light. It has to be uncomfortable at a time to bring it the attention that it needs. So Bree's going to come on after the break, talk to talk to everybody a little bit about some of the experiences that we faced in just a way that we can help change this for the better because 2020 has been crazy enough but this has brought so much exposure and light and i'm sorry y'all if y'all don't know i'm black so i've experienced things and some stuff that y'all probably will never know or never never knew about me if you if you do know me but it's stuff that we have to talk about and it's going to be a topic that's recurring because i just want to really do what I can my part in this podcast is a platform for that so I thank you guys for sticking with me it's gonna get a little bit deeper but it's needed um yeah so thank you guys we'll be right back after this quick break check me out check me out hey what's hood y'all it's your boy champ Moore, host of keeping it 1000 the podcast and let me say thank you for listening but you know you can go ahead and click and subscribe and tell your mama your cousin your sister your twin because everybody know champ more going in hey 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 now nah, but seriously we got a lot of great things on this show you know we've got some inspirational topics we got some people coming on to encourage and everything so yeah stay up to date with me now, back to the show. Smoke till I'm high, castle on the hill, wake up in the sky, you can't tell me I ain't fly, you can't tell me I ain't fly, I know I'm super fly, I know I'm super fly, the ladies love luxury, that's why they in love with me, out here with the moves, like I invented smooth, you can't tell me I ain't fly, you can't tell me I ain't fly, I know I'm super fly, I know I'm super fly. What's rockin' world, we're back, keeping it 1000, your host here, Champ Moore. And like I said, this is going to be the show that has the double entendre where we keep it super real with you in about a thousand seconds or so. But we're going to focus on the realness today. Got on like my my little twin sister. I don't know. We're just like the same human. That's not the same human. Got so much love for Bree Williams. What's up, Bree? How are you? I am wonderful, Dave. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So, we're going to get real today, and I know that you're ready to talk about some stuff that, you know, has been going on in the world. We'll get to that in a little bit, but just a little background for the people to know. I know that you are a poet, a writer, and so am I, so I'm going to just ask you about some of your poetry that you got going on. Yeah, so... Um I went to the University of Cincinnati for creative writing, so um, initially I was writing a lot of fiction stories, and now I'm venturing into poetry. Most of my poetry has to do with being a black woman, dating, loving, loving myself, loving other people, and that's essentially what I've been writing about for the past few years. And that's beautiful, because... Like, seriously, you and I, you're, you're someone I always, like, turn to for things, and, like, that's because of the love I have for you and how strong you are, and I think that you've helped me open up as a person with, like, insecurities and vulnerabilities because of the self-care, like you just said, like, 
like it starts with loving yourself first and that's such a big thing that i think we miss out in the world now like we just try to avoid it you know yeah and i think that's great for you to say <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> yes you did girl we be talking you know stop being modest you know yeah <laughs> well you got it on record now <laughs> but also Bri, i want i want people to kind of know some of the like obviously you're very you're heavily involved in you know your community and that's something that i love about you and you you're gonna act like you didn't know this too but you're also someone that inspired me a year ago if you remember when i did my first ever fundraiser the champ olympics where we did the special olympics playing against former Coleraine athletes with the basketball game and you know you that was you too that helped me because you were literally telling me yeah you can do this like try this look this up and so I just want to ask about what you've done too yeah I remember that I'll, I'll own that <laughs> you'll own that one <laughs> okay alright that's one for two we'll take it <laughs> yeah but um, I, I have been heavily involved in the community in the past, not so much recently. Um, my sorority did a lot of fundraisers, one of them being Stroll for the Kids. So um, basically we would stroll and have stroll competitions and all the money that we would acquire would get donated to whatever organization we had helped at the time. Um, the last year that I was um, at UC, we donated to the YWCA which is basically just eliminating racism and empowering women, and it was um, for Greater Cincinnati. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember you telling me about that one, and now that you just mentioned it, actually, wait, is there any other things with involvement that you want to speak on? But I was just going to segue into it because you literally just said it, but I wanted to ask first. <laughs> no. No, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. Yeah. So, obviously, like I said, you are a very empowering human. Um, not only that, but I think that you truly have a voice that speaks to the masses. And what I mean by that is, like, you are just very self-aware and just very strong. You're independent. You just, even if you don't think you got it going on, you know you got it going on, girl. We all know that. So... <laughs> so we are going to get a little bit into a topic that the two of us have faced a lot. This is something that I talk about in my book as well. So if people have read my book, they're going to be familiar with this maybe. But we are going to talk about racism. And I think a big thing that you and I have agreed on it with all the craziness of the world right now from, you know, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and, and just... It's years. It's not even like it. Let's not act like it's 2020. Is that is just getting there? It's it's been there. It's just getting exposed more. But growing up, the two of us have been well rounded with being around certain communities. And I just want to talk about your experience with racism as far as things said to you growing up or things that you've encountered, if it was covert, overt racism, you know, um, do you want to speak on that first or? Yeah, um, there are like little instances that had happened as I grew that I can't really pinpoint because it was just something so small, 
But there are other instances where I've had conversations with people where it's like such a significant conversation that it just like never leaves my head. Mm -hmm. Like one of those being, um, I was in the car with one of my friend's parents um, and I I can't remember if it was like after church or after school or something, but uh, they were talking to me about slavery and how slavery was long ago and that even though their parents had owned slaves, they, they had slaves or they treated their slaves like good people. They treated them like people. And like because of that, they weren't as bad as all of the other people that owned slaves. And in my head, it just didn't sound right. Like I was like, okay, but you're still owning people as if they're property. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you may not have beat them, but like, you still they were, were still yeah. your property. Yeah. You know, they didn't get a, a living wage. They didn't get money for doing what they did for your family. Mm-hmm. So, like, how is that any right or any better? But, like, in their head, they really thought that that was something that they could say to me in that time. <laughs> it's just going to be okay. Yeah. But, like, I was in high school, so it wasn't like I could just be like, oh, well, it actually, you can't really say that because owning slaves, period, is wrong. I was just like, well, I mean, I guess. Sure, because... I'm, I'm a child. I don't yeah. really understand how to articulate the way that I was feeling. Yeah, and and I think that's... Okay, so you said you were in high school, so what age would you say you were, maybe? Like, do you remember what year? Uh, probably, like, 16. 16, okay. The reason I'm making that point is because the two of us are 26 now. So, 10 years ago for you. It was still happening. Things were still being said to you 10 years ago. You are a 60, like, you probably just got your driver's license. Do you know what I mean? And, like, things like that are being said to you, which isn't okay. And I'm going to go back to when I was 16 real quick just to to match something with your story. I'm not going to say mine's worse than yours because any racism is bad racism. You know, there's no such thing as good racism. But what was crazy to me, you obviously know that, I went to Coleraine and we are a, we were run like a collegiate program. And what's so wild to me is everybody wanted to beat us. You know, like that was the, like we were everybody's Super Bowl game and we were competitive. We're beating teams down. And I'm not going to say the school it was, you know, maybe one day, but I'm not on that. I'm not not on that right now. (laughs) But man we're beating teams down and then people will look at me we're literally like we're up 50 points whatever then they'll look over to me and they're just like shut up you in you're gonna work for me one day you know what i mean and it's like back then i was just like scoreboard you know and and like our coaches would just say ignore that whatever and and then i kind of think about it now and i'm just like one, I think is dope that my parents obviously have taught me, raised me not to lose my composure. Two, I didn't really know what the word meant back then. I just knew it wasn't supposed to be used. I just heard it in rap lyrics. But then the fact that he said it to me that comfortably in like in that moment when they were losing. And I'm just like, yo, I was just trying to play football. I was just trying to do something fun. And it's just like the fact that I was winning. Not it's not like it's an individual sport either. Football it takes the whole team. It's just like me and my teammates that you know were of color dealing with that. And it's just like it still goes on. Why are why is anybody dealing with it? But why are people who are so young 
having to experience something that they don't have to yet. And then it goes back to the feeling of when is the age when black kids become cute to a threat? Like what? Like you talk about your you talk to your kids about sex or are the birds and the bees and how to like now that's not the talk anymore. The talk is now how to get home safely. And I, I think that's just wild that we're at that point, you know? Yeah, I agree. I I think it's interesting because this is a conversation that parents have had to continuously have with their children, even when my dad and my mom were children. It's yeah. like, here's how to get home safely. It's not a, okay, um, you should do this or that to to be better at this. It's like, here's how to be alive. Here's how to stay alive and get home to me. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the most wildest experiences that uh, universally most, if not all, black people can relate to. I agree. And and it makes me think, because you just said it's, it's generation to generation. And for you, who one day you're going to be a mother, obviously, to a black kid, even if, you know, you date somebody outside of your race. And we'll get into that in a minute. But I think about, you know, if I date somebody outside of my race, <laughs> literally, I got to be like, are you comfortable with children? Because I hope you are aware of the one drop rule, which means your child is black. Like, that's a rule made up years ago hundreds of years ago but it's like at some point if you have a child with me or if somebody has a child with you we're gonna have to teach our our son or daughter how to navigate through life to stay alive yeah and i think it's crazy that we're still having this conversation in 2020 like that we haven't even think about how we're gonna have this conversation yeah to our future children agreed yeah i i actually i'll get back to something in a little bit but i wanted to talk about the dating outside because me and you we've we've dated people outside of our race and we've dated people that are black too so we've experienced different cultures different everything you're better at adjusting the culture than i am and that's like i commend you for that and like i think that shows how like versatile you are and stuff and you know, that you know so many languages as well. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Anyang uh, Haseyo, right? Anyang <laughs> Haseyo. There you go. I know a little Korean. But my thing that I'm going to ask you is just with dating other people and the looks you might get, because and this is one thing too. Bria or I are not racist and we understand that not only white people are racist there are racist black people they're racist race everybody can be racist we understand that we're talking more so our experience but when you date somebody outside of your race Bree, do you get looks from other races like why are you with them you know what i mean and just like what you've had to experience where i date somebody that's white then it's, oh, well, that's because you is a white boy, you know, like, like you, you, you know how to enunciate, you know how to talk properly, your grammar's, your grammar's right, you know, and, and how we need to stop doing that, that needs to be broken too. So I want to ask you about that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, well, one, I've always been someone who has been told that I talk white mm-hmm. because I, I don't know, I just, I don't even know if it's, it's because I can articulate myself very well or if it's just because of how I am as a whole. Like, I also like, I like hip-hop and I like R&B, but I also like my country music, okay? I like some rock music. Hey. So, like, I feel like those hey. elements of myself. <laughs> you you cool, girl, because you know me. I'm I'm 50% country 50 percent gangster you already know so know. you you cool you cool country <laughs> i'm a country gangster go ahead <laughs> yeah but like it's just because i feel like as me as a person as a whole sometimes around certain people i'm not gonna say like it's around everyone but around certain people i feel like there are parts i can't reveal of myself because then it'll make me feel or make them think i'm less black which mm-hmm. is outrageous because i am yeah and there's nothing that anyone or anyone anyone can say or do to change it because it is a fact. It's not changing. Yeah. I, I born this way. <laughs> we, we, we're not Michael Jackson and Sammy Sosa. We can't do that. So. <laughs> okay, well, Michael Jackson, however, I know, girl. I knew you were going to get technical with me. I knew. I'm going to just dismiss that comment. Go ahead. <laughs> but, yeah, I've gotten the looks, you know, where people are looking at and it may even be black people looking at me, mostly black men looking at me, especially because I'm with someone else. Yeah. And I can't say that it doesn't bother me because sometimes it can. I've learned as I've grown up to just start ignoring it because honestly, I don't really care what other people think. Yeah. And that has grown as I've aged. It's like just me being like, I'm going to do me. I don't care what you're going to do, what you say, what you think, because I know that this person sitting next to me right now knows who I am, knows that I'm black, and understands what that means. Mm-hmm. And I and I mean, I think that that's so dope of you because I, I, this is the part I was saying like in my book is what you just said where playing football in college, you know, you know me, I love my Lil Wayne. That's, that's my favorite artist. I, I, I bang out to Wayne a lot. And when I'm playing Wayne and I was younger and like even my college days, just like, man, you don't really listen to that. And I'm just like, bro, my iPod or my iPhone is 95% Lil Wayne. And then, you know, then you have your moments, like you said, maybe I want to listen to some, uh, I don't know, some, Three Days Grace, Lincoln Park, uh, you know, Maroon 5, whatever. Paramore? <laughs> I'll listen to Ban Perrymore. Nah, <laughs> nah, we ain't going that far. <laughs> but, but, well, I don't listen to that, okay? <laughs> now you're not, you not black. That, wow, wow, coming at me. <laughs> but I have my moments too where I listen to that. I even listen to like, uh, Katy Perry and and you know just other stuff and then people look at me like man you look like you like you you white you white girl whatever and I'm just thinking what does that have to do with your race because I was just like we joke and say like Justin Timberlake is brotherly right because he can sing and he can dance but at the end of the day yeah he's just a white dude so if I listen to him what is it you know what I mean it's just so much back and forth and double standards and like we I I don't get it I know you don't either we're just trying to figure this out yeah I don't and I feel like it it also is 
think it has a lot to do with how they grew up and where they grew up because where you where you grew up and your environment actually shapes you mm-hmm. and with who you grew up with. So like I grew up around my cousins and my family, like and we all speak generally the same. We all don't speak like the typical way that people think black people are supposed to sound. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's crazy too be, it's crazy too because um man this is some of that racism that you don't think about but like people have said to me you know I don't mind black people cuz obviously I'm friends with you Bree I'm friends with you Dave I'm friends with Champ yeah and like that bothers me so much because when I f- I have this anxiety and this weird weird feeling where when I first meet a group that's not black I'm like shake their hand properly really enunciate hey nice to meet you like you know I'm I'm Dave from Cincinnati Ohio and it's just like you can hear every letter in my word because I want to make a good first impression which should be with everybody but then I've heard stuff like you know, if if I met somebody's parents and then the friend met up with me later and they're like, yeah, my parents really like you. They said you 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 are you're very good verbally, like your communication skills. And I was like, what? You want me to walk up in here talking like this? No, nah, like, like, what up? Yeah. Like and that's what bothers me because it's like, no, I talk that way all the time. I was like, sure. When I'm around some of my other friends, I might mumble more or speak more to the way that we do as friends. But. When I'm out and about, this is me. What you hear right now, this is me. The way I talk with you, Bri- has this not always been my voice with you for the last two, three years of no? And that's disturbing yeah. because it's like you have to find a way to basically. I feel like Eddie Murphy and what's the movies when he be playing himself, <laughs> uh, Nutty Professor, where I gotta put on this front of different people for each set of new people I meet. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's racism people when 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 you do when you feel like you have to do that and then somebody talks to you and says yeah like they thought really highly of you because you did this and that they love that you went to college they love that you did and it's just like even if i didn't do those things that doesn't change my character that doesn't change Bree's character we are who we still are if we're black white hispanic whatever so yeah, I agree. And I also I also want to acknowledge that because we are looked at and thought of that way, it also makes us more accessible than to probably don't speak that way as well. And that's a privilege that we do have. And I also want to acknowledge that because I can sit in a meeting and be able to just talk like this and no one's going to think twice. Yeah. I always get the, oh, Brie, you're so soft-spoken. And it's like, I am because I don't know you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, I'm this way because I don't know you. I, like, I, this is why I am right now who I am. And I, I'm able to, like, you know, we got that thing called code switching. I'm able to code switch. And that is a, that should be a trait that I should put on my resume, for one. And I like it. Hey. It, it is a privilege that, that opens doors for me that it may not open doors for others. I like you. You're seeing your black privilege. Love it. That's that Charlemagne book. I know that's your boy. 
I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I had to get you back for the Michael Jackson comment. That was all. <laughs> so, moral of the story, people, is don't call black people Oreos anymore. That's one thing Breeze encountered that I've encountered. Stop touching black people's hair. We don't like that. Stop uh, <laughs> Stop saying we're not black when clearly if we get pulled over, you're not there to tell them, hey, he's not black. Well, they, they look black. And like, no, stop. All that needs to stop. Stop the whole. Actually, I, I want to ask you this before we go, Bree. How can we do better? How can, how, how, can, how can we make the world better? Obviously, I hate the term cancel culture because people need to see things more and when you just try to say cancel something that's clearing it off right off the shelf and that's the easy way out and we're tired of the easy way out so what are some good films books i know you're a reader i know that you're you know an avid movie watcher so what's some stuff you could mention that could help educate people even more and listen to your black people too when they when they try to tell you something guys just have an open heart and open ear that's all we ask but i'll let you take the floor for that brie um, some things that we can do to help it get better. Yeah, um, there are various things that you can do. Um, for one, I don't believe that cancel culture is actually a thing. I think it's just something people say on social media. But okay. canceling people doesn't actually work. Um, I do believe that if you get called out, rightfully so, then you should take the work, take what people are saying about you and what they're complaining about and reflect. Do I, am I doing this? If I am, what can I do to be better? What can I do to fix it? Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like helping the community, if you are, even if you're, even if you're not black, especially if you're not black, you should be throwing your coins to black organizations. Um, one, three of those that I have are the Oprah Project, which provides meals for black trans folks. The Black Youth Project, which is a basically a media site that offers information for the black youth. And then Justice for Black Girls, which is also another educational um, organization that shows how the U.S. system perpetuates the violence against black girls and black women. So those are just three out of the very many that are available, and I'm going to send that link today right. can put that in the description yeah that's gonna go there so guys please please check those out brie is such a reliable source and that's why i have her on because i just i trust this woman with everything i do so please check those out i will put those in the description um sorry brie did you have anything more you're about to say with it um, yeah, there are various books that I have read that I personally like, The Hate You Give. <clears throat> like, it's a fictional story by Andy Thomas, but it is a very real thing that has happened and does happen, and it's still happening. And see the movie, um, too, guys. If you're not a book, see the, mo the movie, I'm Not Lying. It's the best movie I have ever seen. It's so well done. I'm. It's The Hate You Give. And it's a for a Tupac reference. Please check that. Thank you for mentioning that. Go ahead. Yes. Um, I also like Just Mercy. The movie specifically is very good. It's got Michael B. Jordan, my big daddy in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you better continue. <laughs> I'm not even going to stop on that. 
very good, a very, very good movie. If Beale Street Could Talk, got a little romance in there for you. Um, a book that I'm reading right now that is has something to do with the black experience, but not necessarily the American black experience. I think that we should open ourselves up to other black experiences across the pond. Like in the UK, for example, this book is called Queenie by Candace Carty Williams. And it's like a quirky book, you know. It, it brushes over certain racial aspects of being a black woman in the UK, but I think it's a nice light alternative to all of the heavier stuff that was mentioned before. Okay. Perfect. Bree. God, I just love you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for the information that you give and just literally helping the listeners understand more and just being such a, a, a black activist and just being in my life. I'm very grateful, thankful for you every day. Thank you. I'm not an activist, though. So. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, you are to me. You are to me. You better take the compliment. You there. <laughs> Anything else? Are you you all good? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, if anyone is interested in following me, wow, I, uh, free promotion. I insert my Instagram, right? <laughs> Go ahead, girl. For you, anything. It's at, all right, it's at she black free, and that is S H I B R. Oh, it's S H. Good start over. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> You got nervous there. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Um, Great talk. That was Brie Williams, like my twin sister. That's not my real twin sister, but strong woman that I love to death. Thank you guys for listening. Keeping it 1000, the podcast chant more, and I approve this podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Keeping It 1000. Be sure to like and subscribe. We'll see you next time.